This episode of the Copywriter Club podcast is 100% guest free. So about every 10 episodes or so, we like to touch base on what's going on in the world of copywriting and what we, Karen and Rob, have been up to for the last few weeks. So sit back, relax, as we share what's happening now in the Copywriter Club. And I guess, Kira, that's your cue. <laughs> what is happening in the Copywriter Club? A lot is happening in the Copywriter Club. I feel like it's a very exciting time to be in the Copywriter Club or to be a copywriter. Like, There's a lot of business. There are a lot of opportunities. And so one particular project that you have been very close to in leading is the new salary report that just came out. And our team has put a lot of effort into gathering data for that and then really pulling that together in something cohesive that we can use as copywriters to make intentional decisions about how we're pricing our services. So I'm curious, Rob, what maybe just you can share like all the work that went into putting the report together and then we can talk about what's included and some of the takeaways. Yeah, a lot does go into it. Every year that we do it, I, I'm really excited as I start to see all of the people who respond. And then when I download the data to start parsing it and figuring it all out, I, I remember, oh, wow, this this is a lot of work. And it's probably because I'm not a quant, I'm a copywriter. And maybe there's a quant who's listening to our podcast who's, who could say, Rob, I could actually do that in about 10 minutes with you. So uh, if you're that person, reach out. But um, we fortunately, we had a lot of copywriters, other business leaders share the uh, survey with their audiences. And so we owe a lot of thanks to people like Marcella Allison and Daniel Thosserill and Kim Schwalm. Um, I, I'm going to leave a bunch of people out just because so many people shared, but um Thank you so much to those who did. And thanks to that sharing, we had just under a thousand copywriters, content writers, strategists, proofreaders respond to the survey. And we asked them about 22 different project types. We asked them about their annual income. We asked them about the language they speak, where they live, male, female, all those kinds of things. And then we broke down the data to see what we could find that was interesting. So, what stood out to you? I mean, we've been doing this salary report for a couple of years now. What was different this year, if anything was different? Yeah, a couple of things that we did a little bit differently this year is we broke out content writer salaries from copywriter salaries, and we took a look at the difference. And the difference is really significant. Uh, you know, when, when we start looking at uh, how it all adds up, uh, copywriters make a lot more money than content writers do. Like, like significantly more, uh, almost double in some cases. And, and I broke, I, I was like, well, what's the, what's the reason for that? You know, maybe, um, maybe it's because, you know, content writers just don't ask for the same amount of money or whatever. And I think it really comes down to the kinds of projects that copywriters take on versus content writers. And a lot of people will be thinking, yeah, that's, that's a no dove course. But we looked at things like what, um, what kinds of projects they, they take on and content writers, for instance, some of them do take on sales pages, but uh, what they charge for sales pages is like one tenth of what copywriters charge. 
sales pages and more copywriters write more sales pages. And so when you start looking at those kinds of differences, uh, it's it's no wonder that a lot of copywriters and by the way, I'm talking about averages. Of course, there are content writers who are making you know mid six figures, maybe even high six figures, seven figures. And of course, there are copywriters who are making next to nothing. Right. So we're just looking at averages uh, when we talk about these. But um, yeah, that's that's a big difference. And then, you know, I was like, OK, sales pages. There's a major difference. What about something like blog posts, which is a kind of project that content writers take on more often than copywriters tend to do? And we found that what they charge is about the same for blog posts. And so it really does come down to the kinds of projects that content writers are hired to work on versus those uh, the copywriters are hired to work on. And there might be a lot of upside in content writers taking on more copywriting projects and actually calling themselves copywriters as opposed to content writers. Interesting. Very interesting. Okay. What else? Anything else that was um, a big change this year or something that we hadn't looked at before? I don't know that this is a big change, but it's another thing that we looked at a little differently. So in the past, we've you know looked at copywriters who have a niche, you know, one niche or a couple of niches versus copywriters who don't. And we found when we looked at it, for instance, last year, that the copywriters who have a niche or work in you know, more than one niche tend to earn about 50% more than copywriters who don't have a niche. So that's not anything new. We've talked about that for a while. But this year we took a look and thought, okay, well, what? maybe that's because beginning copywriters tend not to have a niche because they're still trying to figure it out. And so this year we took out, we took, we, we actually looked at it in two different ways. We took out the very beginning copywriters, anybody with less than a year's worth of experience and compared that to copywriters, uh, you know, with a niche, without a niche. Um, and then we also looked at copywriters who have, or we removed all the copywriters with less than three years of experience to see if it made a difference. And what we found is that copywriters with a single niche still make you know, almost 20% more than copywriters without a niche, even after three plus years. And so these aren't necessarily beginners anymore. And niching really does help. So it is, it, it is a bigger deal in the beginning. Um, it, the gap closes a little bit as people age out. But, you know, again, three plus years of experience and you're still making 17% less than copywriters with a single niche. It's significant. And it's a reason that we're, we tend to be proponents of niching. There may be a few exceptions and we actually talk about that in the report as well. Okay. Is there anything else actionable we can do as writers based off this report in our own businesses to make more money? Yeah, well, if, if you have access to the pricing that we share, and we broke it out by intermediate, beginner, expert, all of that, obviously, you can use this to compare what you might charge versus what other copywriters are charging. So definitely, if you're listening to this and thinking, oh, yeah, I, I would love to dive into pricing or whatever, you want to go to our blog make sure that you, you you can check out all the data there for free, but we also have a free download if you don't want to keep coming back to the blog, download it. And then anytime you're ready to set a price, just look at the prices that other copywriters are charging because it may give you some ideas. Uh, you know, maybe you're charging too low or, you know, maybe you should be charging more um, because other people are charging more. I think this is most obvious when we look at men and women and how they charge differently. And we know there's a lot of different things that can, that, that cause that. But I think a lot of female copywriters could benefit by looking at what their male, um, you know, copywriters that they might know or, or you know, they're, they're on the survey and say, am I 
undercharging compared to what a man would charge. And you know, just being aware of that information may help more women charge more for their work as well. And I know it's not as simple as that. I'm way oversimplifying that, but um, it's part of it. And so just being aware of the differences um, can help people, I think, earn more money. And then do you see any difference in what we're making overall uh, annually uh, compared to maybe when we started this salary uh, survey or even Abby Woodcock started it four years ago? Right? Yeah, four or five years ago when Abby ran the first one. So it's really hard to compare those earlier years with the years that we have now because we because everything's anonymous. And so we're not 100% sure if we're talking about the same copywriters or not. But we did ask a question and asked both copywriters and content writers, you know, did you make more, make less about the same? And those numbers are in the report as well. And um, we found that about half half of both groups are earning more. Copywriters um, reported those who those copywriters who are earning more reported earning significantly more than content writers. And again, that might be because of project selection and there's just more upside there. It also might be because we had fewer content writers actually respond to the survey. And so if, uh, if you're a content writer and you're listening to this and you want to make sure that we get enough data to really know what the numbers are, uh, there's a link to the next survey on the blog posts that we'll link to in the show notes. Yeah. It might be interesting too. I don't know if you collected this data, but just to see how um, people who specialize in brand strategy and operate more in that space, how they compare um, with their annual revenue to copywriters and content writers too. Yeah, we only had about uh, 12 people who identified themselves as strategists. So that number of people is just too small to be able to really draw some conclusions. But we did ask copywriters, content writers, what they're charging for brand strategy. And that information is in the blog post and in the PDF. So where do you see this going in the future? I mean, there's a great report. Everyone should, I mean, everyone could download and access. You don't have to do it. Um, but where do you want to see this going in the future? If we had a th around a thousand people fill it out, is it doubling it each year so we can just collect more data that's beneficial to all, all the writers? Yeah, I would love to have as many copywriters and content writers, strategists, in-house agency writers fill it out as possible, especially in-house and agency. You know, the, obviously we have more freelancers who listen to this podcast and are part of our group. But we would love to have more participation from those who are working in-house and at agencies simply because, um, you know, it, it's just a, a good additional set of data to look at. Uh, a lot of us sort of jump between freelance and maybe in-house or agency and just knowing where those annual income numbers are to help make those decisions. Do you, you know, should you be asking for more if you're going to be hired in-house or you've been in-house so long, now you're moving to freelance, you know, are you really dialed into where the market is? Um, all of that would be great. So yeah, I, I would love to have two, three, 5,000 people uh, take the survey. It'll, it'll make the, the uh, computation of all of the data a little bit more uh, time intensive, but it's worth doing because I think it's really helpful to have these numbers. Okay. All right. And so we will share the new survey in the future and everyone can fill it out. Yep, and if you want to look at all of the results, you can find them at the Copywriter Club blog, which is just at thecopywriterclub.com. And if you want to download a, a copy of all of those, all that data, uh, there's a little sign up form on the pages. It's broken into about three different blog posts. That, you know, it's about eight or 9,000 words and lots of numbers to, to uh, parse through. We also mentioned that 
you know, if you're a, a, an employer who's looking to hire copywriters, uh, a lot of these are average numbers. And if you pay average amounts, you tend to get average copy. So think about paying your copywriters more if you want great copy. Well said. All right. So we covered the what's happening with salary report. Um, there's a lot of other projects in the works right now and programs. So Rob, what else is happening? Well, we're just kind of getting started with the next round of the accelerator. So, you know, we're, we're diving into that. But uh, right before we did the accelerator this time, we ran what we called P7, which was our pipeline, uh, client pipeline training. We talk all about how to pitch, what to include in your pitches, the different kinds of pitches there are, uh, also, you know, habits. And that was uh, such a success. We got a lot of really good feedback on that, that we're going to do that again here in the next couple of weeks. So, you know, maybe we should share, Kara, just a couple things about that pipeline, the P7 pipeline training, what it includes and how it's different from, you know, other training around pitching. And a big part of that is what you bring to the table with tiny habits. Yeah. Well, I mean, we, we surveyed our community as we keep talking about and asked what, what do you need? What can we help you with in your business? And the number one struggle is not surprisingly, it's finding clients, getting that next client, creating a consistent pipeline, and so we, as a team, tried to figure out, well, how can we tackle this? And so you pulled together the pitching side and really thinking about prospects, ideal clients, how you put together the right package, how um, the right message to send, the follow-up sequence, all the pieces that go into the prospecting process. And then I came in with the behavior design side of it because that that's the part that is to me the hardest is a lot of copywriters content writers listening kind of know what to do um i mean especially if you listen to the podcast regularly we talk a lot about pitching and so we all have the ingredients you know saved through blog posts and trainings we've done um but there's something missing because we're not actually doing it and there's a lot of head trash around prospecting because there's some rejection involved. Um, so it's not easy and we can get in our own way. But another big obstacle is just making the time to do it, putting prioritizing your business um, and putting it before your client work. Um, carving out the time period to do anything is hard because we have so many pressing challenges and other responsibilities. And so if we can figure out a way to build prospecting into what we do naturally, just if we can make it as natural as brushing your teeth in the evening um, or showering in the morning or whatever is a part of your natural routine that you don't have to think about because it's automatic and it's been programmed into your, your brain, like if we can make it that easy to prospect, this whole process becomes so much easier and we don't have to fight it anymore. We don't have to feel like a failure when we don't do it. Um, and then we'll reap the rewards because if we're prospecting regularly, then we're going to start to see leads coming through. We're going to start to get yeses. We're going to start to get wins, which will continue to build momentum so that it continues and moves forward. So all that being said, like the piece that um, we saw missing when we're talking about prospecting is how to change behavior so that 
you actually do it. And it's not just another thing on your to-do list that is ignored. Yeah, I, I think that's a huge missing part. And it's something that most other programs really just don't focus on. It's it's really easy to put out a ton of information and say, okay, here's the template or here's how you build a list. But the real challenge is how do you build it into your you know, daily or your weekly processes, right? And so you, not only do you talk about that, but like you're certified as a tiny habits coach, something that you accomplished this past summer. And so you know a lot about like the intersection of motivation and ability and how that changes behavior and all of that stuff that goes into that. And you've taught that as part of this program as well. And so just understanding what it takes to make sure we do it every day, I think is different from anything that I've ever seen in another training program. Yeah. And, and we, because we ran through this program already with the first cohort um, last month, uh, we were able to see what, you know, is it working? Is it not working? And so the habit piece from the feedback we received does make it a lot stickier so that um, people are actually experiencing the shift and feeling like it's possible for the first time when it felt like it was unattainable and just so daunting previously. Now it's like, okay, this is something I can do. Um, and that is something that will continue to add to the P7 program. It's going to be baked in so that not only do you learn how to prospect, and Rob, maybe you can share more about that piece in a second, but you'll have the tools you need to start to play around and experiment with your own tiny habits. And we even have two challenges baked into the program. So you're actually experimenting in your own life day to day with tiny habits. And then I'm coaching you through that process um, so that you're actually doing it. We're not just teaching theory, we're putting it into practice and you're feeling it and you're um, and seeing results day to day in your own life. And I think that part is the coolest part because you get that reward immediately. You don't have to wait a couple of months to see the difference in your own business. So um, Rob, for your side of it, where you focused on the prospecting piece, what do you feel like is most important that is often missed when we're thinking about putting those ingredients together? Well, it's interesting because we talk about what we called the um, the goat, which is you know the the greatest of all time kind of a pitch, and then uh, we also talk about sort of the MVP, which is the minimal viable pitch and the difference. And it was interesting as we went through that, there were so many ahas among the group as they were thinking through the pitches that they've done in the past and the pitches they wrote as part of the program three or four people responded back and said, I have been doing too much. You know, I've been putting in too much time or I've been putting in too much information and thinking through the minimum viable pitch. You don't have to do all that much in order to make those connections. Now, they're not always going to connect. And that's why uh, we also have that goat pitch, the greatest of all time, which is the pitch where you really do spend a lot of time trying to connect on a very personal level. And we show a couple of really good examples of both kinds. We talk about when you should send an MVP versus a GOAT and that whole process. We talk about identifying who gets which one. And then we provide 
a ton of templates that people can use in their own pitches for a variety of different things. Pitches for, you know, projects via email, pitches for connections on LinkedIn, um, you know, DMs in, on Facebook. Um, there's more than 20 of those. And the way that we teach using pitches isn't, hey, just take this stuff and fill in the blanks, but it's rather, here's a way to do it. We show you exactly what blanks you could fill in, but really make it your own. You know, may, add the things that that belong to your personality or to your brand. Um, you know, add that uh, connection that you've noticed about somebody that nobody else is going to. And we teach how to do that so that when you send out a pitch, it does connect. And it's been interesting seeing that feedback come back, where you know people in the Slack group who take those first pitches that are going out and say, "I can't believe the pitching is actually fun." which you know is one of those things when you start out thinking, I got to reach out to people I don't know, there's going to be a lot of rejection, whatever. Fun is the last thing you think of. But seeing that people are having fun doing it is rewarding. And then of course, when we see the successes and people are saying, I just you know connected with this ideal client that I identified. I'm so excited to be working with them and seeing some of that happening, um, really gratifying. And just proves that the program does work if you jump in, do the work, and then make it a habit, like you were saying. Yeah. And so if you are looking to fill your pipeline uh, this fall for um, the winter, wrapping up the year, starting, starting 2023, feeling really confident and feeling really good about the client projects you have lined up, uh, this is a great way to take control over your business and take control over the types of projects you book, the frequency you book them, um, to do it not alone, to do it with us and with a cohort of people who are actively prospecting with you and supporting you along the way and also shifting some habits so it actually feels easy. It can feel fun and it doesn't feel like such a chore. If you have any interest in that, you can check out our show notes and we'll have a link where you can jump into the wait list for this P7 pipeline program and hear about it first. Okay, so we have a couple of other things going on too. Uh, if you're listening to this podcast when it goes live this week, we have a retreat for our Think Tank members. Uh, this uh, The end of this week, Thursday, Friday, starts Wednesday night, I think. And we've got some great speakers lined up. And I know this is really only Think Tank members who get to come to this. But if you're listening to this and thinking, actually, I'm ready to jump into the Think Tank, now's the time. Reach out to uh, one of us via email. But Kira, uh, you've been working really hard on putting this all together. Who are you most excited to hear from? Oh, um, not one person in particular, but I, I'm really excited about this retreat because of the theme. So like every party needs a good theme, every retreat needs a good theme. And the one for this retreat is about boundaries because we've been talking a lot about boundaries in the think tank. That conversation and the struggle is very much real for copywriters. And it's popped up so frequently in conversation in this mastermind group that it now is what we're going to focus on um, at this retreat. So I'm excited that we have multiple speakers who are tackling that topic in different ways um, from a mindset perspective, from uh, building systems and processes to help you create boundaries, um, from thinking about the why behind all of it, like why is it even important to begin with? So it's, it feels like we're tackling this huge problem um, 
in a multidimensional way at this retreat. And that's really, that's really exciting to me. Um, I'm also uh, excited about this retreat because we're having a special alumni think tank alumni mixer, which we haven't done before. Um, and so we're inviting alumni members from the think tank to uh, this networking event. It's going to be like facilitated networking, which sounds very professional and lame, but it's going to be a really fun way for um, people to connect and connect with the current think tank members too. And so I think that's important because you, you and I are all about community, right? So it's, it's how can we connect people together as much as possible? And, um, you know, there are a bunch of speakers I could mention. I think the important part is that if you're listening and you want to be part of a mastermind that does meet regularly and have retreats, virtual retreats and in-person retreats where you get to learn from the top, you know, top performing copywriters and marketers working today then the think tank might be something that you want to look into, even if you can't get in, jump in like today before this retreat starts. Um, we can talk to you over the next few weeks and you can jump in so that you're really focused on business development this fall as we wrap up the year and you can participate in the next retreat too. Um, but if this feels like something that is missing for you and you don't have that space to sit down and think proactively about your business, then a mastermind might be a really good fit for your business. Yeah, and I know you said the theme is boundaries, but of course it's so much broader than that too. It's not just boundaries. And we have a guest who's coming to, to talk about marketing campaigns and how do you build out a campaign? We have a guest that's coming to talk about writing a book and and getting that kind of a thing out there. Some other um, marketing focused and business focused guests. We're going to be talking about strategy uh, in in some of it. So lots of different ways to think about our businesses. Yeah. I mean, I tend to overpack <laughs> retreats. Yes, you do. <laughs> and I think you usually get pretty frustrated with me because um, I just extend the day as much as I can and I pack in as much as possible because I do just feel like I want it to be, we're learning about a ton of different topics, like you said, and um, and connecting in an intimate space so we can learn together. So yeah, definitely um, look into the think tank if you feel like that's what your business may need at this point. If you're feeling like you've hit a plateau, if your business is around making around like 4K to 5K a month, right, consistently, but you want to grow to 10K plus maybe 20K months consistently, then it might be time to have a conversation with us about whether or not the think tank is a good fit for you. So check for a link in the show notes, or you can just go to copywriterthinktank.com and find out more information there. Okay, so that's the retreat. We've talked a little bit about our shop, our co-op, um, where we're going to be sharing some courses, not necessarily from you and me, but we've been working on that as well. And so I might just take a minute to remind you that um, you know we talked with Jamie Jensen a few episodes ago, and she has a couple of courses that are um, going to be available there uh, in the next couple of days, literally. In fact, they may be live today as this goes live. Um, but we're also adding some additional courses as we've talked with other copywriters that we know. One will be focused on how to create VIP days. Uh, another one on writing with more personality. It looks like we're going to have a style guide that will be available there. So all of these things are coming in the next few weeks that will all be available online. Um, we'll be sharing more about those in an email. 
But again, just check back to thecopywriterclub.com and see what's available as it all goes live in the coming weeks. Okay, so as as we wrap up kind of this catch-up session, um, Rob, you know, we've talked a lot about the books we're reading recently, but uh, what what are some of the podcasts you're listening to when you're not recording and listening to the Copywriter Club? Yeah, well, I mean, before we get to any podcasts that are non-Copywriter Club, I, I think it's, you know, we used to do this a little bit um, earlier on. We'd kind of go back and mention some of our favorite episodes from the past. So I'll just mention a couple that we've done over the last maybe six months or so that I've been thinking about that if you haven't listened to these, maybe check them out. So episode number 295 with Ed Gandia, you know, Ed's obviously done a lot of coaching or whatever, but he shared some cool things about his process, um, you know, his, how, how do you validate an idea? There's some really good stuff in that episode. So be sure to check that out. We interviewed Lander Sulcer all about how to create a killer offer. That was episode number 291. And a while back, we talked with Ash Chow about uh, pre-launch and how do you create excitement for your courses before you actually go into a launch so that people are ready to buy from day one. And all three of those episodes are definitely worth checking out. Um, I'm not necessarily going to ask you to to share your favorites from the last uh, five, four or five months, Kira, unless you've got a couple at the top. Uh, of, your... of course, I want to share mine. Um, I mean, I have all the numbers handy, but they're mo- they're pretty recent, so I can pull the numbers up. But the ones that stood out to me, uh, one with Jen Prohaska, episode 307, um, overcoming addiction and scaling a business, and talking talking about parenthood too. And I, you know, Jen just kind of went to places that aren't always easy to talk about and talked about difficult topics and really approached it elegantly, being very honest about her story. And that that really was a moving uh, episode for me. Uh, another one that stood out, I've mentioned several times, the one with Topaz Hooper um, talking about cruelty-free copywriting and the success that Topaz has had is just incredible. Um, but then also just uh, hearing her passion for her niche and digging deeper into the niche uh, and cruelty-free and sustainable brands. And um, uh, that space is growing so quickly. And I just think that episode is such a great example of here's this huge opportunity for copywriters to make money and to make a business and stand out in a market that is not that crowded yet. So that's another one. The w- interview we had with Tiffany A. Ingle was okay episode 301 with tiffany crafting your brand message that one was so fun because we were able to talk about fantasy and we talked about dungeons and dragons and um just went to kind of a different place in our conversation about the importance of fantasy and fiction in our lives and that for me was like a huge mindset shift where I just saw it as less of a pleasure, even though it can be pleasurable to kind of tap into this our imagination. But I saw the benefits of it and all the benefits that we can bring into our lives. And so to me, that was a huge shift in my personal life, talking to Tiffany. And then the last one I'll mention, because there's too many favorites, is also Joel um, Bergeron, episode number 303, All About Blockchain, another recent episode that is this incredible, um, incredible episode about Web 3.0 and everything you need to know. And Joel is one of the few people I really can listen to and learn from when I'm talking about blockchain. He makes it really interesting 
and easy to understand and exciting in a way that I haven't heard other people speak about it. Um, so that episode is definitely worth a revisit too. Awesome. Okay. So other than the Copywriter Club podcast, is there a podcast that has caught your attention recently that you're listening to when you're out walking in the woods or uh, you know, driving kids to soccer games? Uh, what are you listening to? All of the above, yes. Um, yeah, there are a couple ones I can share that I'm listening to currently. So talked about this one many times, but Spooked is my favorite podcast of all time. And there's a new season, so you can catch all new ghost stories on Spooked. Every week there's a new one. It's thrilling. I let my kids listen for a very long time and they were really into the show, but they started having <laughs> nightmares. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, they started having a lot of nightmares. So they're cut off from the show and I just listen alone now when I'm walking through the woods. Um, but that's always a favorite one. Um, maybe you can share some of yours while I'm looking up other ones. Yeah, one uh, thing that I've started doing is instead of just jumping into a podcast and listening to you know a, a ton of them, uh, lately I'll find a guest that I'm interested in listening to, and then I'll try to track down any podcast that they've been on. And so there's a bunch that I've downloaded uh, that have interviewed R Rory Sutherland. He is a an ad guy in the UK, um, psychologist, human behaviors, kind of his specialty. He works for Ogilvy and just everything he writes or talks about is fascinating to me. Would love to have him on our podcast at some point. So if somebody's listening who has a connection with Rory, reach out to me so that we can make that happen. Um, and then there's a couple that I found recently that are kind of interesting. So there's a podcast called Preconceived, which is all about examining the preconceptions that we have when we think about something out in the world. And so, um, you know, looking at the other side of issues that we often don't hear about or free will, those kinds of things, and just examining what we bring to a topic before we even start thinking or talking about it and how that changes our perceptions of what it is that we're doing. Um, there's actually a, a really cool um, Salt Lake based podcast, which is um, obviously I live in Salt Lake. And so it's interesting to me, but it's called Demolished Salt Lake. And it's all about the buildings and the, you know, the, the public areas or whatever that used to be part of the city that have been torn down and turned into something else. And it's just fascinating to hear that history that um, is out there. So I doubt that's going to appeal to very many people, but to me, it definitely appeals um, and it's fun to listen to. And then there are a few others. There's a podcast called Bookworm that they listen to and or, or read and talk about different books every couple of weeks. Um, you know, another, uh, another podcast that I really like is called Conversations with Tyler. It's a lot like Econ Talk, which I've mentioned several different times. That's my favorite podcast of all time, um, but just really deep um, thinking type podcasts about all kinds of different stuff and not necessarily copywriting. How about you? What, what else are you listening to besides Spooked? That, that's cool. Um, uh, another newer one um, is Normal Gossip. I mentioned it to you. Oh, yeah. You told me about that a few days ago. Yeah. And Veronique Porter uh, recommended it to me. It's I was like, I'm not going to like this. Um, this doesn't sound that great. But I couldn't stop listening to it. So for, as copywriters, if you need a reason and a benefit, the storytelling is incredible. It hooks you 
um, because of the arc of the story and the plot twist. And so if you just want to improve your storytelling game, it's worth a listen if you want to justify it. But it's also just fascinating to hear about struggles that other people are dealing with and you get pulled you get pulled into it. So that's been a really fun one. And then I have other ones I've, I probably have mentioned before that are kind of my go-to. Uh, I love Wild with Sarah Wilson. She uh, interviews a lot of um, authors, deep thinkers about um, different topics, but it all kind of connects to futurism and climate um, climate crisis. But she she tackles the topic in a really nice way, um, talking around it and not necessarily always going like jumping straight to it. And so I usually get all my book recommendations or many of them from her and the guests on her show. So those are probably the ones I will share today. Um, and we'll share more in 10 and, episodes. Yeah, 10 episodes from now. Sure. Or maybe we'll have a couple of more books to share at that point too. So hopefully. All right. Uh, so that is the end of this episode of the Copywriter Club podcast. The intro music was composed by copywriter and songwriter Addison Rice. The outro was composed by copywriter and songwriter David Muntner. If you've enjoyed any of the episodes we've created, please visit Apple Podcasts to leave your review of the show. We will share your review if you post it. And, um, and yeah, and just feel, <laughs> feel really grateful and excited for it because I don't think we've had a review in a while. Um, so if you want to find out more about any of the programs we talked about today, we talked about everything today. We talked about the Think Tank Mastermind. You could head over to copywriterthinktank.com if you want to apply to potentially join that mastermind. If you have any interest in building your pipeline and booking out your client roster over the next few months or six months, you could uh, jump in to P7, the P7 pipeline, and learn more about that opportunity because that's going to happen soon. And that's a program where we're like, we're in it with you. Um, it's over a month and it's pretty intense and you'll definitely walk away uh, with system in place so you can prospect regularly. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next week. Copywriters coming together to help the world write better. Copy and make more money. Kira and Rob's Copywriters Club yeah, can make you lots of money. Listen to the Kira and Rob's Copywriters Club can make you lots of money as long as you listen through the whole episode.